Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience-sharing article from the 20th China Fahui, entitled Resolving Unsettled Conflicts with Compassion by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on November 16, 2023. Greetings, Master. Greetings, fellow practitioners. I work in the retail business. Before taking up Falun Dafa, I always competed with others for personal gain, and I had very bad relationships with my competitors. But now, as a Dafa disciple, my mission is to save people. Saving those that I have negative relationships with has become a tricky but inevitable issue for me to handle. It's certainly not easy to make them open their hearts to me. The only way for me to achieve it is to cultivate myself well and elevate my realm. Liang is one such person. He is one of the earliest pioneers and also the market leader in the industry. After I entered the business, I tried to steal his product ideas. I placed several large orders from his supplier and made payments immediately. After I built a good relationship with that supplier, I demanded that they work exclusively with me and stop their collaboration with Liang. Considering me a better business partner, the supplier terminated their contract with Liang. I used the same tactic to steal several products from him. In just a few short years, I took over most of his business, leaving him with tremendous financial losses. After I began practicing Falun Dafa, I felt guilty for what I had done to him. I tried many times to fix our relationship, but he either ignored me or mocked me. Shortly after, in July 1999, the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, started to persecute Falun Dafa. I was detained for not renouncing my belief. Gloating over my ordeal, Liang and his wife spread many negative comments about my store. I no longer worried about my business, but I was truly concerned about how I should clarify the facts to him given the situation. I tried many times to apologize to him. Before becoming a Dafa practitioner, I was very arrogant when talking to him, but now I am very humble. When we had gatherings among business peers, I took the initiative to toast him. When major clients visited me, I also invited him to join the meetings to discuss potential business opportunities for his company. As time went by, he became more accepting when I brought up Dafa with him. One summer, Liang's wife suddenly passed away of an illness. If I hadn't practiced Dafa, their family and I probably would never entangle our grudges. While we're good friends now, I felt so sorry that I never had a chance to thoroughly explain the facts about Dafa to his wife. After her funeral, I invited Liang, his daughter, and son-in-law for dinner. I said they could reach out to me if they encounter any difficulties in the future, I also persuaded the family to quit the CCP and its affiliated organizations. Liang was very touched, and he expressed interest in learning Dafa. There were a few times that his employee couldn't come to work. He asked for my help, and I arranged my truck driver to deliver some orders for him. He was very happy and thanked me fervently. 
Part 1. Solving a Dispute with a Customer When I entered the store one afternoon, I found a group of people there with two police officers. It turned out that when customer Yun came for a return, the product had been damaged. The cashier declined the return, and Yun kept complaining. After my son explained the policy to her, she fought with him, tore his clothes, and scratched his arm, leaving two bloody marks. My son had no choice but to call the police. Seeing me enter the store, Yun pointed at me and said, Is this how you tell your people to treat a customer? You are a Falun Dafa practitioner. How would you handle this? She intentionally mentioned Falun Dafa in front of the police, but the police appeared to be indifferent to her comment. In the end, both Yun and my son went to the police station to settle the issue. When my son returned home at around dinner time, he said to us, Yun was very mean, and she asked the police to arrest you because you are a Falun Dafa practitioner. He said that Yun's husband also went to the police station and asked the police why they didn't arrest me. Dad, please don't talk about Falun Dafa to such people anymore. It's dangerous, my son said. In fact, I was a friend of Yun's brother, and I had helped her a lot. I didn't expect she would treat me like this and even ask the police to arrest me. I think maybe she was affected by the CCP's defamatory propaganda against Dafa, and I needed to find an opportunity to clarify the facts to her. Not long after, Yun's brother invited me to his son's wedding. I knew this was an opportunity to talk to her. When I greeted her at the wedding, she appeared to be very uneasy. I said to her, I'm sorry I did not do well last time. Please forgive me. No, it was not your fault, she said. It was me who caused trouble for you. I hope you're not angry with me. I said, no, I was not angry at all. See, you, your brother, and I have gotten along well for many years. We cannot let this ruin our friendship. I hope you will still come to my store to see us. Yun was moved and thanked me. I then said a few words about Dafa. She said, To be honest, I know you are the best. I was stupid and made a mess last time. My brother also said I did wrong. I then asked her about her husband. She said he was busy with work and could not take time off. Please also say hello to him. After all, we have been friends for many years, I continued. Whenever your child gets married, please do let me know and I will definitely come. With tears welling up in her eyes, Yun said, Of course, I promise. When leaving the hotel, I was happy for solving the conflict with Yun in a good way. Part 2. Making friends with an enemy One time, someone reported me and another business to the police, claiming that we disturbed local residents. The owner of the other business later found out who reported us and had reached a deal with that person. If we paid him 2,000 yuan, he would drop the complaint. That owner asked if I was willing to share the cost with him, and I agreed. It turned out the person who reported us was named Dong, and he was a company executive. He always had a serious look whenever he saw me. When I greeted him, he never responded, as if I owed him lots of money. I was not upset since I knew everything has a reason and it might be that I did owe him something from my past lives. But regardless, I have a duty in this life to clarify the truth about Dafa to him. I left some Dafa materials at his door. I also talked to his wife and told her about Dafa and the persecution. 
she agreed to renounce her memberships in the CCP organizations and thanked me. I once overheard that Dong's son was getting married. I prepared a red pocket of 500 yuan and went to his home to congratulate him. He was surprised to see me. He accepted the gift and thanked me. He invited me to their wedding party. I thanked him and said I was unable to attend. But I had a few lucky words for them, which I said to Dong and his guests. Falandafa is good, and truthfulness, compassion, forbearance is good. You will be blessed if you sincerely recite the words. Dong nodded and said, yes, yes. Dong subsequently looked happy when seeing me. When the Chinese New Year was approaching, I gave him a calendar with information about Dafa and said, This is very beautiful, and I hope you enjoy the information on it. He was glad to accept it. I then talked about what Dafa is and how I had benefited both physically and spiritually. He agreed and nodded. After explaining how the CCP slandered Dafa with lies, I asked if he agreed to quit the CCP organizations. He said yes. Part 3. Clarifying the facts to another enemy. I planned to install a door on the side of my warehouse so it would be easier to fetch goods. Just after we made the cut in the wall, one neighbor named Tao came over and shouted at me. Who gave you the permission to add this door? Put the wall back now. I thought he was joking, but looking at him, I noticed he was serious about it. It's my warehouse. What's wrong with adding a door? I asked. You can't have it even if it's your warehouse. If you don't put the wall back, I will call the city management office, he said. One relative who was there to help me said, Don't bother with him. Let us continue. After a while, Tao came back to check. Why are you continuing? I'm calling the city management now. What's the matter? I said. The wall was already opened, and it's my warehouse anyway. For a bad person like you, sorry I have to do this, Tao said. What do you mean for a bad person like you? I was surprised that he said things like that. He asked, why did you try to take away my tenant? But then I realized he was talking about something from two years prior. At that time, I renovated my warehouse and listed part of it for rental. Someone who rented Tao's warehouse came here for a quote. To get a deal, I gave him a very low price, but that person never came back. Most likely, he asked Tao to lower his price to match mine. That is why Tao was making trouble for me this time. It was all my fault, and the old forces were giving me a hard time because of this. I resisted my urge to argue with him. In that situation, the best solution was to give up the plan to install the door. My relative blamed me for being a coward and left. I picked up the bricks, mixed the cement, and redid the wall by myself. While working on the wall, I kept reminding myself, you are a Dafa practitioner and you need to follow the principles of truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Bad thoughts and complaints kept coming up and I had to constantly suppress them. When going home for lunch, my wife was out and there were only some leftovers for me. My desire to seek consolation and support went unfulfilled. On the next day, I saw Dao carrying sand and cement in a cart to repair his warehouse wall. I went up to help and apologized to him. Sorry for what I did two years ago. I'm a Falandafa practitioner and I will do better in the future. Seeing that he gained the upper hand, Dao appeared satisfied. I again reminded myself to handle this well. 
I also knew the entire incident happened because of my attachment to material interest. Had I not tried to get his tenant, Tao would not be treating me like this now. After that, Tao intentionally kept a distance from me, likely to avoid revenge from me. But I always thought about telling him the facts about Dafa. One day after Chinese New Year, my wife and I saw Tao when returning home. I knew this was an opportunity and called aloud. Hey Tao, Happy New Year! He was surprised and said, Happy New Year to you too! I went up to him and said, From the bottom of my heart, I have always meant to tell you this. I hope you can remember Falun Dafa is good and truthfulness, compassion, forbearance is good. You and your family will be blessed if you sincerely recite these words. He was touched and said, Falun Dafa? Sure. I looked at him and said sincerely, We all want health and safety, right? Trust me. He nodded. Looking back, I know the moment I said, Happy New Year to Tao, I had made improvement in my cultivation. After all, Falun Dafa practitioners have no enemies. I sincerely thanked Master for giving me these opportunities to become a truly good person. is an experience sharing article entitled Elderly Woman in Her 80s Living Alone and Letting Go of Human Notions by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on October 13, 2023. I'm 84 years old. My husband was the first one in our family to start practicing Falun Dafa. My daughter, one son, two daughters-in-law and I then embraced the practice, one after another. Part 1. Guarding our fast study site. With the spread of Falun Dafa, many people started to practice and they came to my home for group fast study. We had several practitioners in the family, so naturally our home became a logical meeting place. In 1999, Jiang Zemin, then Chinese Communist Party leader, started the persecution of Falun Dafa. My children and I were persecuted to varying degrees, with some being sent to labour camps. Despite the terror and high-pressure environment, the fast study group continued to meet at my home. My two sons bought houses in the city, leaving me alone in the village. Over the years I have experienced the loss of my husband, the evil persecution, my sons moving away, and my daughters passing. These were challenging years of hardship for me, but I've been steadfastly maintaining the fast study environment in our village. Master Lee, DAFA's founder, has put much effort into protecting us. In 2020, in order to support in safeguarding the fast study site, my sons and daughters-in-law helped renovate the old house I lived in. This way, I no longer needed to go to the city for the Chinese New Year holiday, as my children would come home to celebrate with me. My third eye is open and I have seen many things during my cultivation. When the house was being renovated, I stayed at my son's home in the city. On the day they were putting up the new roof, my son video called me. When the crane was lifting the tile slabs, I saw a strong energy field around the crane, with countless golden lights gathering at the top of the crane's arm. 
I thought that Master and the Righteous Gods were helping with the renovation of my house. My heartfelt gratitude cannot be expressed in words. This scene also strengthened my confidence in safeguarding our far study environment. After the renovation, I continued to study the far with practitioners in my house, and we did the three things together. There were many opportunities to improve my xinxing during the renovation. For example, the neighbours piled peanut seedlings behind my house to feed their sheep. My space is not large, and there was no room for the contractors to store sand, but they just wouldn't move the seedlings away. I thought about talking to them several times, but I decided to let it go. One day, however, the neighbour got up early and removed the peanut seedlings. No one from my family asked them to do so. Soon after, the truck carrying the sand arrived and the work was not delayed. Master helped me. I told my sons and daughters-in-law about this incident, as well as seeing the energy field helping with the crane. They were happy to hear that. I experienced many other miraculous occurrences during the renovation. Only through diligent cultivation and true practice can we repay Master's compassionate salvation and Darfa's immense grace. Part 2. Looking Within and Cultivating Diligently Last year I had three dreams in a short period of time and realised that Master was giving me hints. In the first dream, I was on my way somewhere on foot. There was a person selling vinegar who insisted that I buy some and asked me to taste it. I tasted some and it was extremely sour. I said, I won't buy it. Not long after that, another person came along selling vinegar and also insisted that I try it. This wasn't as sour, but I still said, I don't use vinegar, I won't buy it. In the second dream, I was also on my way somewhere when someone stopped me and wanted to sell me hawthorn slices that were rolled up. He asked me to taste them. They were very sour, so I didn't buy any and continued on my way. Another person then stopped me, wanting me to buy hawthorn slices too. They tasted delicious, but I still said I won't buy. In the third dream, I was cooking a meal and gathering corn stalks to start a fire. When the corn stalks were burning, I saw a cob that hadn't been picked yet. I wondered how I could have missed a big corn cob when I had picked through the stalks so carefully. Upon waking up, I realised that Master was hinting to me about having attachments in my cultivation, just like missing the corn cob. I should continue to look inward. A practitioner helped me write an experience-sharing article, and I shared Master's hints in the dreams with her. She said, I'm not sure if my understanding is correct, and it's just for reference. Chinese people often use the phrase eating vinegar or feeling sour to describe jealousy or envy. Could your first two dreams be Master's way of pointing out something in your heart that is jealous? I looked inward and indeed found two issues that had been bothering me for a long time. The first one was related to my daughter's family, who have been farming our family land for many years. When my daughter was alive, she used to give cornmeal and flour to her two brothers every year. It's been five years since my daughter passed away, and her husband stopped giving them anything. He even took away the agricultural subsidy for the land. My sons and daughters-in-law take care of all my living expenses and my granddaughter also gives me money. I haven't spent any of my pension and I truly don't lack money. It's just that I felt my son-in-law's actions were unfair to my two sons' families. 
My sons and daughters-in-law would never ask him for anything. They are well off financially and because they are practitioners, they wouldn't even think about arguing with him. Another reason I felt it was unfair was that when my daughter was alive, my son-in-law also practiced Falun Dafa. But shortly after my daughter passed away, he stopped. He picked up his old habits again like smoking and drinking. I didn't like these habits of his and sometimes when he was ill, I would encourage him to continue practicing Falun Dafa. But he would say negative things about Dafa, so I looked down on him. I discussed this with practitioners and found my jealousy in feelings of unfairness and looking down on my son-in-law for not practicing. I knew it might be a debt I owed him in a previous life. Additionally, his decision to stop practicing was also due to being unable to withstand tribulations. By finally discovering my attachments, I was able to let them go. There was another incident that bothered me, which I felt was unfair. In the past, a neighbour swapped land with my family. In 2020, the government acquired that piece of land to build a highway, and this neighbour received over 20,000 yuan as compensation. I knew that once the land was swapped, there was nothing I could do. However, this still stirred up my attachment to loss. I neither lacked money nor spent much, but my attachment to self-interest was still deeply rooted. The true me doesn't cling to self-interest. That's why in those dreams I didn't buy anything, whether it was vinegar or hawthorn slices, I didn't want any. These were just notions I needed to remove from the root completely. By looking inward, I found jealousy and human notions that brought obstacles to my cultivation. When I removed them, the knot in my heart was untied, my mind became clear, and the principles of Dafa resonated within me. Part 3. Breaking Through Tests with Righteous Thoughts One evening not long ago, I felt pain in my chest. I tried to endure it, but I later couldn't sit or lie down. The pain was so intense that I was unable to focus on looking inward. I couldn't bear it any longer and begged Master to strengthen and save me. By relying on firm righteous thoughts rooted in my trust in Master and Dafa, I passed the tribulation. I'm considered old according to ordinary people's standards and should be taken care of by my children. However, I've been living alone for many years and need to meet the FAS standards to pass key tests of whether I genuinely believe in Master and Dafa. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.